Hello everyone, it is episode 3 of Runax Radio. My name is Gabriel, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Matt Gammy. Hello, world. How are we? Good? Excellent. Glad you could all was, be here. That was yes. a smooth entrance. It was. The smoothest of entrances. Very oh, smooth. Smooth dear. as this Menabrea oh, Italian yeah. beer. We are drinking having. Italian beer today. Mm. This is one of my personal favourites. This is my mm. anniversary beer and special occasion beer. Which he's drinking with me. Which I'm drinking with Gammy. Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah, it was on sale and I thought I'd treat myself That's and best. as part of that, Gammy gets treated as well. Hey, so. how good's that? Nothing <laughs> like being the cheap drink after a That's, sale. <laughs> That's it. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> we didn't we didn't crack them on, on air, but I no. feel like... That would be no, that's, stealing that's not the our stick. stick of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we need less cracking beers and less banjos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more, yeah, <laughs> we need more harmonica. That's more harmonica. Oh, we should, yes. Yeah. I've got that's a harmonica. It. Have you really? Yes, oh. I actually know how to play We need to get so. some sound bites for yeah, the intro yeah. and the we'll outro. Do we'll do it. Yeah, All right. Start working some music. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, okay, <sighs> talk to me. What's been happening? Oh, well, in the last, since we last recorded, mm. I... Suffered one of the worst bouts of man flu of my life. Wow. Um, legitimately very ill. Mm. Uh, had a, had almost a week off work. Had to get my nostrils violated for a COVID test mm. to make sure that I didn't have the Coco Vovo. Yeah. Uh, came back clean, which is good. Excellent. I'm not... A, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, I came back <laughs> negative, which is a plus. Uh, and I've finally finally come through the other end and i'm all recovered so here i am yeah good stuff and how good have you stuff. been yeah good man good good just uh making my way through this wonderful life and you know just living our dream one day at a time you know just actually i have been doing a fair bit of hobby which is yeah, good. Crushing yeah, it yeah i got the painting bug which is nice so just finished my Five Wrathmongers, but we'll talk later on what I will be left to paint for a couple of upcoming events. Oh, yeah. How about yourself? How's this Lanesh front going? Oh, look, I I didn't get much done the last couple of weeks. Um, I painted some terrain because that's the lowest skill level painting you can oh, do. Wow. No, what no, no. There's people that do it as a job No, game? I mean, uh. like, it's the, it's the fastest painting to get great results. Right. Have yes. I dug myself out of this? Yeah, sure. Okay. But I hope those, you know, people that yeah. you know, put all their hopes and dreams into, into painting, terrain, terrain making don't feel so bad. Sorry, about everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I I painted a little bit of terrain. I've started on my little village. Um, and I've assembled mm. a lot of slanesh. And I'll tell you this much, everyone who's complaining about spirit hosts being hard to assemble can jam it. Because the new Slanesh models are off the chart in regards to complexity. Um, I don't know whether it's a me issue or a kit issue, but I'm well, struggling. As a bit of a, to make you feel a bit better, Dutch is uh, currently building some Slanesh as well. And, oh, is he? And yeah, the, he was saying in the, one of the chats the other day that he's struggling with the, the Bliss Barb Archers. So he Bliss. was really struggling with them. And I went, oh yeah, I'm glad that you said that because Gabe's in the same... Oh man, Bliss Barb Archers, the first one, the very first, I think it's the unit champ, and she has, so like, her upper body, her face and the top of her ponytail are one piece, and then the back of her head, her shoulder, 
and the other half of her ponytail are another piece. Oh. And the the contact points are tiny. Yeah, right. And I think <laughs> I think I fucked it up oh. because there's a gap and I don't know why. And I don't think it's meant to be like we're not talking like I don't know. I think I just botched that. Are model. we talking Slanesh sexy gap? No, we no. are talking like poorly assembled model oh. gap. Oh. Not like the <laughs> like old, uh, old someone box has gaps or anything. No, like that. someone no. has not lined up these two pieces properly. Yeah. So uh, well, that's all right. That nothing. A bit of green stuff won't. <laughs> well, be able that's to it. That's it. Yeah, just fill in the gaps. It's fine. yeah. Well, run it. me through the list. What have you been building so far? Uh, so the Bliss so Barb Archers. I built Bliss Barb Archers. Yep. I have built a bunch of demonettes. Um, I'm, I've started painting demonettes as well. The sculpts are old mm. and some would say static. Uh, they're very, um, rank and file. They're very rank and file. And so at the moment I'm trying to mix up the units a little bit. And, uh, I think I've come up with a completely original and unique idea that no one's ever done before. And that is <laughs> getting a bunch of the Daughters of Cain daggers. Oh, yeah. Like the, the knife arms. Yeah. Replacing one of the claws yeah. as like a bit of a Juan Diaz tribute. Oh, so right. it's almost like a Daughters of Cain Slanesh crossover. Some would say. Oh, I, but that's such an original idea. There's, well, there's this poser over in America. Yeah. Um, Jacob... Someone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, I know Jacob Berry's been working on yeah. a much better version of this than me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was more just something that I, I had the bits lying around from a commission job that I'm doing. And I thought, I'll mix it up. I'll make the models a little bit more interesting. And so I've gone for that Juan Diaz look with the claw and the knife. That's going to be my demonettes. Cool. I started assembling fiends, which are also super bizarre models mm, mm. and there's a fair bit that goes into them and I built a I finished a keeper last night yeah cool which are excellent models to yeah, build yeah they are beautiful they, they are unreal um so yeah I've still got the I've just started on the new cavalry as mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. which the the mounts are amazing they're so like these are the gigantic cavalry these guys. are the new yeah the bliss yeah. barb seekers and the slick blade the Slick Blade guys. Okay, great. I went completely great blank name. just then. Slick Blade something. Um, leave something. Yeah, so they're... The new mounts are awesome. Yeah. They're cool. really big. And they're like four pieces. Mm. And they're very dynamic. The riders have the same issue that Bliss Barb Archers have. Okay. In that they're just super delicate. And there's so much detail on them. So mm. painting them is going to be a mission. Um, but the army is starting to come together. It's hitting the stage where I've got all the models I need to start playing games. I've got a couple of games lined up next yeah, week, cool. which is very exciting because awesome. I get to see what this army's yeah. kind of made of. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you, what are you up against? Do you know? Uh, I'm up against Iron Jaws for one. Okay. And most likely either Bone Reapers or Cities for the other. Okay, cool. So it'll it'll give me a good test. Yep. I think Iron Jaws will be an interesting one because those two armies both want to be in combat. Mm. They both want to just smash through each other. So that'll be an interesting one. Cities, I think I will suffer a lot at mm. the hands of ranged. Mm -hmm. uh, and Bone Reapers will be a test of how much killing power the army can actually yeah, put cool. out. That, that will be good. It's so good to see what happens. It'll be great. And yeah. I'm also trying to... I've got to line up a game with Gemma because she's playing... Um, 
Gemma Shepherd is playing Sons of Behemoth at the moment, and she did very well. She went four and one at um, South Australia GT. Mm. So I want to I want to have a run at Giants because I think that'd be a really fun game as well. Did you know that there's an article out at the moment? I did know that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, about I haven't how, read it yet because yeah. Giants are not really my thing. Right. It doesn't do right. it for me. Yeah. But I did see that the boys put together a little yeah. a little article there. As you do. As you do. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> well, on that kind of note, in that vein of thinking, we actually have decided that today's episode, we wanted to run through the idea of competitive AOS because you and I have been a part of that scene in Australia since its inception. Yep. Inception? Conception. Conception. Inception. Conceived. Conception? What cost? Yes. Breaking the condom to create competitive All righty then. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay, let's go cool. with it. Awesome, yeah. Well, what we wanted to do, we wanted to talk about this idea of tier systems, uh, the master's rankings, uh, what it's like if we chase the meta, what it's like in a, in a competitive scene, do we you know chase the biggest army or you know a, a bit different to it. Uh, to speak about a couple of different results, um, talk about a couple of upcoming events as well, but... Yeah, really just kind of focus on that idea of competitive AOS, particularly in Australia, and what we know about it. And I guess Queensland is our our sheen, our great scene that we have. <laughs> uh, but also just the idea of looking at some events from down south that were that happened last weekend or weekend before, and yeah, talk a bit about that space there, which is pretty absolutely. Cool. Um, so, Gabe, talk to me. What do you know about tier systems? Well, I know that Twitter went through a, a stage for about four weeks where it was all anyone posted mm. and no one could agree. And some people were right and other people were wrong. And it depended who you talked to. Awesome. What, what do you think that... <laughs> what do you think that's the... Well, why, why do you think that's the case? Because I, I totally agree. I think it's one of those things where people... Are happy to change round and and Dan Street from AOS Shorts, he's got a really cool thing on his website where you can actually rank, yeah, uh, the the all the armies in AOS and and kind of sit whether or not um, they're in the the ranking that we think they are. But talk me through what what are the rankings, Gabe? So the rankings on this particular like physically, like what? How do you rank an so army? Like, so like. Are we talking S tier? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was like, no, there's no, a leading no, question a here. Question. Am I yeah. missing yeah. something? I am a teacher, therefore <laughs> I, I need to guide Yeah, no, that was a nice yeah. little handball there. Mm. Um, yeah, so S tier is obviously what everyone considers to be the absolute cutting edge of, of competitive play. Um, at the moment, there's probably, people could probably list off two to three armies that mm-hmm. would sit pretty firmly in there. And then it works its way down the alphabet, starting at it. Double A, I think, down to A, B, C, D, and then F is uh, Sylvaneth. The failed tier. <laughs> wow. Whoa, there it is. There it is. Oh, yeah, the dear. poor butt of the joke. Oh, like, dear. Ever since that book came out. <sighs> poor poor Sylvaneth. I have yeah. a great deal of sympathy. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't. I'm kidding. Um, no yeah, cool. So that's that's kind of the rankings. What do you know? What S tier stands for? Not a clue. I always wondered that. I'm like super wouldn't, tier. Wouldn't maybe Special super tier. tier? Um, I would have thought super tier. I I would have thought A was the best. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know why they just maybe pick. S is just like supreme. Maybe let's go with that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so if like so, you were saying before that um, you know on Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, people were putting up their own versions of the, these tier lists and talking about where they think 
things lie and no one could agree. Well, not that no one could agree, but there was a lot of arguments about where things sit. Yeah. Um, what What do you think like drives that oh. as a like what who creates the lists and what do you think they're using to create that? I list? think a lot of it is very dependent on the local meta. Like that's you can look at all the global stats and there's different people do different stats, right? But you look at. For example, the Australian scene has a bit of a reputation for just being just so far left field. People bring just mental stuff and either do really well with it or bomb out. You could have someone playing Seraphon who's a terrible player and so people would be like, oh, so, or KO's a good example. We've had a few players in, in Brisbane even who have picked them up, had terrible results with them and moved on to another army. Mm-hmm. And if that's in your gaming group of like 20 to 30 players, let's say, local events, you go to tournaments, you're kicking the shit out of the KO player every week. Well, on your list, that's going to be way down the list. Whereas if you're going to big events or you've got a really good KO player, for example, Pat Carter in our scene is a good example where he plays KO. He's very clinical. He's very good at the game. And so for everyone who's interacted with him, they're like, oh, KO is good because we've seen what it can do. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with how diverse your player pool is, how diverse the armies are that you're facing regularly. If you're not facing an army at all, you would have no reference as to what it can do, where it sits, what are good, bad matchups, what's, you know... What gives it trouble? What is an easy run for it? Mm. So yeah, I think I think a lot of it is local meta and it's hard to manufacture or even... Like it's hard to have a meta or a community, I should say. I keep using the word meta. I don't want to over overstate it. But it's hard to kind of have that community with a really diverse group of armies organically. I think some like I think Brisbane has a really good scene because there are people who are playing Beasts of Chaos, there are people who are playing Sylvaneth, there are people who are picking up these armies that are not as good as others. Like you're picking up an army that is hard mode mm. and then the goal isn't necessarily to win a tournament. The goal is to prove a point and be like, look, I can do well with this army despite the stats and despite the reputation that comes with that army. You know, uh, Geordie Flett's a good example. He picked up Beast of Chaos, which is everyone, like, that's the butt of a lot of jokes, right? That whole army, which is a shame. Like, I've got a massive Beast of Chaos army. I love it to death. I've thought about picking it up again, and every time I look at the army, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But Geordie's someone who's picked it up and has put good results on the board. Mm. And... If that's your only interaction with a Beast of Chaos player, Mm. all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, Beasts have got moves. Mm. Whereas that's not always the case because Mm. that army... Another good Beast of Chaos, you could talk about Joel McGrath, Mm. who has had incredible results with them. But I attribute a lot of that to him as a player rather than that particular army. So it's tricky because there's so much that goes into into what makes up a, a, a community in the competitive sense. Um, 
and that keeps a community healthy in a competitive sense because that's the tricky part as well mm. is you don't want only KO um, I nearly said Sylvaneth again you don't want KO Seraphon like you don't want to have like five or six armies and that's all that gets played because some of the counters to those armies lie further down the list so to speak mm. so yeah cool uh, great response okay yeah, I wasn't sure I'm like yeah. am I waffling yeah no no it was great because <laughs> I, I was thinking of a couple of things as you were talking and and I guess the the big thing is that it is very subjective. Um, you know, as you said, it depends on where people live, what they come up against. There is data out there to suggest from events that there would be a ranking system for certain armies. But I guess where we start to get to, like, I think S tier and A tier kind of stand out because they're much easier to say these armies fit in there. Um, and then you start to put everything else so that, you know, the two or four, you know, maybe five armies that are in the S tier and A tier, yeah. and then the remainder sitting in Somewhere that other, yeah, and below that's, that line. that's where it's, uh, I guess, the conversations actually spark. And yeah. I think sometimes um, I'm guilty of it. I, I see it as quite a negative thing by having a tier system because if you're new to the game and you come in and ask anyone on a Facebook community page or on Twitter or any, you know, the local store, you know, we know people in local stores that sit there and they're, you know, the people that read the internet and say, well, um, this is the truth. Walter and Chainsaw yeah. told me this is the way that all armies work. Yeah. I don't know why they're old British men, but they, very, that was a very decade. Kind it was. Of yeah. Mind. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Josh should be proud. Um, it is one of those things. I think there's a danger in the tier systems. But I also think there is something positive which you touched on briefly, which is that idea of, well, if my army is a C-tier army, I'm going to prove to everyone it's not a C-tier army. Yeah. And, and I actually think, you know, you said before, Australians have this really weird vibe from the rest of the world. They, they don't understand how we work <laughs> and how we see uh, events and, and, you know, how, how we prepare for them because... You know, I know Rob spoke about the lists in Victoria GT uh, with Owen and, and they were yeah. perplexed. They were so... Well, they were actually surprised with how competitive it was. Whereas Brizhammer, they were reading out the lists and chuckling because yeah, everyone was... just was, mayhem. Yeah, just having a great time and putting together the lists because we hadn't seen each other for a long time. And they yeah. went, well, they've been sitting on this army maybe during COVID or maybe they you know, wanted to get back out there and just have a bit of fun. Um, but there is that cutthroat competitive edge that people do love about definitely. tournaments. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, I think the difference is, as I said, is that um, depends on your local scene, but I think it also depends on uh, cost in our particular situation. Um, we're paying a considerable amount for hammers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also think that's where when we select an army, we want to really put our time and effort into it and make sure we get something back in yeah. return. And and I think that's one of those things where, you know, that, that challenge is something I always, I actually love tier lists for the simple fact that I sit there and look at where like bone splitters are and go, no, nah, I'm going to prove to everyone that they're not a D tier army. I'm going to prove to everyone that corn is not a C tier army. I actually want to push it into that B yeah. A tier. And, and I guess that subjectiveness is where people might say, well, 
I know Seraphon win all events, so I'm going to put Seraphon in the S tier. Yeah. Where the reality is, is to sit in an S tier, you might put a caveat in that you have to be a 5-0 or you know, a 5-0 army, basically, yeah. the whole time. And A tier is 4-1, B tier 3-2, C tier 3-2 maybe, yeah. if you're you know, lucky, 3-2 minus, let's go yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of like... I guess like how you you go at events is sometimes what people base S tier or sorry what they base tiered systems on, um, but it is something that I guess in the last couple of weeks I, I've definitely seen in social media a bit is that this is where my army sits and people have conversations around where they think that they shouldn't be there or, and yeah almost like the results are predetermined yeah like I'm yeah. taking. I'm taking Lumineth Realm Lords, I'll go four and one. Yeah. Which yeah. is just not true. No, and, and it's that thing of, um, it's a hard thing to come up. It's not video games where you know that your Enhancement Shaman is going <laughs> to bust balls when you're in a PvP situation and you can you know you're going to be able to out-damage certain builds. Yeah. Whereas in... Warhammer, the difference is, is that you get this idea of, okay, we have, you know, different matchups, there's dice involved, there's, you know, certain systems where you come up against, you know, like you said, KO, KO can come up against something that just counters them completely and have a terrible time, or they don't get the double turn, or they're playing for a double turn and they don't get it, or they get it and then they're winning all their games and then that puts them at a 5-0 and or a 4-1, or and, and yeah. I think that's the hard part about it is that I guess we're we're looking at it with a lens of this is what it could be doesn't mean it should be. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people come into it going, "Well, I'm running this army. These are the these are the results that I should expect." And you know, yeah, I think I think there is a lot of player skill that goes into it mm. that gets overlooked. Because people go... I mean, and to be fair, there are some armies that have a really low skill cap. Other armies have a really high skill cap. And that's got to be factored in as well. But, yeah. I, I don't always agree with the tier system. Are you pulling a bush radio and cracking beers on the string? Nope. Try not to. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Yeah. Continue your thought, because it's a yeah. great thought. So I think... Yeah, there's this... There's this preconceived idea that certain armies will get you certain results and that that's you know that's the expectation whereas I don't think I mean people have proven that wrong in the past especially in Australia where an army is a huge investment and you have to like if you're committing to an army for example Slanesh mm. I'm financially committed to that army right like I've spent enough money on it that I don't really just want to go, ah, this army sucks, I'm walking away from it because then I've wasted all my money, Mm. right? So I've like committed to it and I'm like, okay, no one is expecting me to do well with this army. The bar is pretty low. So if I walk into an event and I go 3-2-4-1, for example, all of a sudden that's more impressive than someone going 5-0 with Seraphon and winning the event. 100%. And, and then you become the hobby hero. And then you're the hobby loves. hero yeah. and everyone's like, yeah, what a yeah. bamf. Yeah. You and know? and I, I, I actually you know, thrive <laughs> off that where you get a chance to, to do that. And you know, that, that's where I think um, it's a really good point 
that we do that that investment of an army i think you can push your army to be whatever it needs to be yeah there are clear standouts s tier i think is is the where you don't want to be as an army personally i don't think you want to sit in that spot because <laughs> like you said there's a lot of pressure for you to perform there is a huge amount of pressure and when you don't perform people judge you uh whereas it's the other way you go hey you, you did well with a, a c-tier army like great job you let's yeah. p- patch on the back like aw- awesome effort people talk about it and yeah. they ask you they contact you say like well how did you do it sort of thing yeah. and, and i think that's a really cool thing so I, I guess that's kind of where we were heading with the tier system it was a cool sort of thing to consider i know in different group chats uh, you know, it's come up as a as an issue that some people have that don't like tier systems, and yeah. I, I agree with them. But then I also kind of sit there and go, well, actually, there are benefits to it in the sense of trying to beat the system and trying to. Yeah. And I, and I like that side of things where you know when when competitive armies or competitive events were happening regularly, it was cool to hear how other Blades of Corn players were going and seeing what their lists were and, yeah. and trying to you know like even the the last couple of events that have been on, I've been looking to see. Who's running Bloodbound? Yeah. And there's only Pat Nevin. Pat, yeah, and <laughs> everyone else is just running the Bloodthirster spam. Yeah, you know, which is fine. That's a, that's a good build. But you know, looking for that is fun to to see in an army. And I love seeing Stormcast events because they're they're known to not be great, but they're surprising. You know, yeah. at Goldcon we saw Eddie go really well with his list. Very and, well. Yeah. You know, Tim, one of my mates, Timmy, or one of our mates, Timmy, just he crushes with Stormcast, and he builds a different army every week because they're such a big book, and he knows that book well enough that he can go really well at events. Yeah. And it's like what you said about Pat. Pat has played the KO book with different builds and yeah. knows how the army plays, knows what the build needs to be hasn't found the list online and then just built the army. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a, a point to make about TTS at the moment, which people can just point and click and say, I've got this army now. Well, and, that is, there is no barrier yeah, on TTS. Yeah. And so you can test out those theories and in the ideal world where everyone can buy as much Warhammer as they want, you see the raw yeah. data of that sort of thing. But there's still dice at the end of the day. There's dice, yeah. there's... Matchups. There's and there are, independence. There is terrible decision making, yeah, yeah. which is my specialty. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's a bit forgotten rules. Like it's, it's yeah. Little, there's well, so yeah. many areas that could go wrong. Yeah. Or so many areas that influence the results that it's it's kind of one of those things that I think, yeah, it's there's a danger to it, but there's also like if you're willing to, uh, I guess, look past that and see it as a challenge. That that's what you want, which is always fun. Um, yeah, well, did you have anything else about tier systems? No, not really. I think the important thing is not to take it as like Bible truth. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a good guide if you're getting into it. I don't think it should be a deterrent to certain armies. I know like we've shit on Sylvaneth a little bit. Mm. I'm like, no one's really running Sylvaneth at the moment. I don't know any of the moves that they have. If someone put down Sylvaneth across the table from me, I'd be like, okay. There's trees. There's trees. trees. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, there's that familiarity thing. You can, like, I haven't picked up the book and read it. I don't know enough about it to be able to give a definitive answer. But I think, I look at those tier things and I see it as a challenge. I don't really see it as like gospel truth Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I know people who are playing armies 
that people consider middle of the road and they crush with them mm. because they bought that army, they played the shit out of it, they've tried all these different builds, they've fine-tuned it, and they're the players that get good results is because they're not jumping from some brain like from one brain dead combo to the next, buying a new army, building it, taking it to one event and then, you know, moving on to the next thing. And like, hey, if that's people's hobby, that's mm. fine. If they want to do that all power to them but I think there's a lot to be said for people who commit to an army regardless of how good it is and squeeze the most life out of it that they possibly can and take it to that like really refine it and take it to that cutting edge where they're like this is the optimum build for me and this is something that I've developed and I can win games and get good results with it so yeah I mean I don't think yeah I don't think tier systems are I think tier systems are good as long as you don't take them as mm. absolute truth yeah yeah that's fair that's because fair. the people at the end of the day the people putting these tier systems tier systems together are strangers on the internet who you've never played yeah they're Dave who lives in a cave yeah. <laughs> Dave in, in the cave Western Australia that's yeah he's having a great time <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that's a fair point and I guess one of our other topics we wanted to talk about was the idea of um, chasing the meta and, and talking about you know if it exists in local scenes or you know I, I think when I look at that idea and I hear about it in in other countries where there are people who just jump on the next biggest thing and put their three color minimum down and and put their armies on the table yeah um, but like you've said there's it's an investment of time and investment of money mm-hmm. um, with Age Sigma, I find it interesting that we, you know, as I said, we've been in the competitive scene since it started. Yeah. Uh, the painting standard is what kind of set the stage for, I guess, that avoidance of chasing the meta, I guess. Like that idea of if you want to come to an event, you still have to put the time and effort in to get three color minimum down. Yeah. Um, make sure you got basing, make sure, you know, you're at least hitting what we see now as minimum requirements, but you know, like you and I played eighth edition fantasy yeah. where it wasn't a requirement at all. And we were playing against bare plastic and we were oh, playing yeah. against armies that, you know, were barely holding together because the glue was <laughs> falling apart. And, yeah. You know, like and 40 K we played 40 K competitively and it was the same sort of thing. Like I remember going to um, events where, you know, I was running space wolves that didn't have arms because, you know, it was my mate's army who went here, take this and <laughs> yeah. their long fangs with, with missile launchers. I'm like, are they? Like, they're just space <laughs> yeah. wolves with no arms. And, but it was accepted as part of the tournament scene. And I think putting that standard down has avoided that, that meta chasing. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's almost, there's only one or two that I could think of yeah. in our local scene that, continually chase yeah they jump on different i mean i jump on different armies but it's not because they're good yeah <laughs> it's just because i'm passionate like butterfly i'll yeah, see a cool project a, yeah. and i'll jump on it and build it and paint it and then move on to something else yeah yeah so. and I, don't, I don't think there's like i i almost think and it's probably you know people talk about does australia have a culture i think we do it's yeah. the tall poppy syndrome where we cut, oh cut definitely down the, yeah the yeah it's like oh, you're getting a bit high for you yeah a bit we, big for your boots we, we love to cut down people as they're feeling some kind of success <laughs> so I, I think like you look at like a Corey for example who has continuously performed well at events because he 
put his heart and soul into building a list. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, he was running, you know, uh, the BCR, so running Beast Claw Raiders. Prior yeah. to that, Seraphon. Prior to that, like, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. always looking for competitive armies. Yeah. And there's no problem in doing that. Yeah. And then he settled on a list, was doing really well. People across the world started to pick it up. Then a new daughter's a cane book came out and, <laughs> and, and ruined know, it for everyone. Yeah. And, but for him, he went, "Okay, I've had my time with that. I'm going back to a different army that yeah. is just as competitive, but he knows that's going to be competitive for the long term." Com- correct, and, and, and not that the new daughters is not competitive. But no, I think there's the time and effort in unlocking that book and fine tuning that book, like we were talking about before. How you like you pick an army, you fine tune it, you try different combos and stuff. And for like, I know Corey, like, well, like we'll talk about Corey as an example. I'm sure he won't mind, but like for him, the goal is to win. And if he's spending months at a time trying out combos and trying to work out little bits and pieces and the, the, like the fine moving parts, well, that's del- like that's standing in the way of getting those big results, kind of thing. And there's nothing like that's that's what he gets out of the hobby, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I'm certainly not shitting on Corey for for you know. I mean, his results speak for themselves. He's a very good player, and he runs very strong armies. Um, but yeah, I think I think it really comes down to what you want out of the hobby. And for me, I like having. Fully painted armies that I've poured a lot of time and effort into and that I've played. Like I've, I've, you know, I've had success with certain armies. I've had not like barely any success with other armies, you know, but like uh, Chaos Dwarves is a perfect example. They've since been retired so everyone can calm down. Because, <laughs> um, but that was an army that I played for ages because I was like, there's got to be something here. I know I can push them to the limit. And I probably took them to the limit at the heats. Um, landed a podium. Came second. Lost to Mick in the last round. And classic Mick. Classic Mick. Fleshy, Mick is my <laughs> nemesis yeah, when it comes yeah. to gaming. I don't think I've ever beaten him. And it's always day two. And it's always a big game where I need to like pull something out. And it's always me. That makes a mistake and just blows the game wide open well, every you know time. Why I gave it. It's because Mick is a filthy, filthy chaser. He <laughs> loves chasing the meta. That's exactly what he does. We know that that's what Mick's about. He has about four hundred armies. He does. I'm painting his which daughters. Which you're at painting the a lot of. I'm painting yeah. my, a large percentage of his so collection. We, we for him. know that he's one of those guys we're talking about. That <laughs> filthmonger, the absolute filthmonger. I mean, he's if he learned how to play the game properly, he'd actually do well. But <laughs> yeah, you know that's. That's the difference. But I guess what the, the next thing that that ties into is, um, you know, we've had a couple of events recently um, occur yep. where, you know, we, we saw pretty big events in Australia. Um, yeah. I think it was a 45-person event and a 70-person event, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so SAGT ended up being 44 players, 44, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Victoria GT was... 70? 70 yeah yeah so which is wild considering it was in regional victoria yeah that's right and they got yeah. 70 people yeah they did really which well. is awesome it was awesome yeah um it, it's interesting because we're, we're currently looking at the data 
that came out prior to the event of all the lists and seeing what the, I guess, the meta was yeah. um, down south. And, you know, as I said, there, there's other um, other channels that have done their own uh, breakdown of different lists and everything like that. And that's not what we're going to be doing. But what's interesting is, is the heavily weighted, uh, I guess, Grand Alliances and seeing which ones really stand out as the top um, in regards to uh, numbers of people playing them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting because out of the 70 players at Victoria GT, there were 46% of players taking an order list. Yes. Which is a lot. That is it a, is a ton. A lot of people. 32 lists out of the 70 were in fact from Grand Alliance order. Yeah. Can you guess which ones were most represented? Again? I would say Seraphon. Okay, cool. I would say KO. Yep. I think Deepkin is still very strong. And I think... Now, Daughters of came with the old book for this one. Yeah, so I don't think they would have had much representation. I think Corey was there. And I think there was one other guy running a similar list. Um, I know Fire Slayers are still considered very good. And I know there's a lot of Fire Slayers players down that way. Mm. There's not really anyone in Brisbane at the moment who's running them, I don't think. And then Realm Lords, mm. Lumineth are, I guess, they're on their... I feel like Lumineth are on their way up because mm. they're about to get... An injection of the, new models, yeah. The, a, another wave of models, yep. another book... Um, I think it's going to add a lot of options for them and I think they're only going to get better. I think that's a safe army. Like if you if you wanted to focus on an army and you wanted to refine your skills, that is an army. I feel like it's a pretty safe buy because that looks like it's going to be pretty well supported for a very long time. 100%. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and when you look at the numbers, there were six Realm Lord players and Jeez. six Sidenest players. Yeah, so okay. they, they were the most represented. Yeah, um, okay. Closely followed by five Seraphon um, and four KO, four Fire Slayers, and then two Daughters... Oh, sorry, three Daughters of Cain, two Stormcast, and two Cities of Sigma. And yeah, that was our uh, Grand Alliance order. So that you can see that it's a massive chunk and you can see that they didn't really hold back on the punches either. Uh, in the sense of, you know, you look at order and Realm Lords, Deepkin, Daughters Now, yeah. um, but because this was the old book, uh, Daughters Now and Fire Slayers are all really top tier armies that, yeah, that can do quite well. Um, and you can see there, obviously, with the numbers that they did, they were represented um, quite well. Uh, mm. When we look at the SAGT, so there was 19 lists that were order, and so 44%, so um, quite a significant amount as well. Um, and it's a quite a different representation here because the new book was in play for Daughters of Cain, yes. I believe. <laughs> um, so you've got more Daughters of Cain showing up. Yep. So four lists there. Uh, you've got three Realm Lords, uh, three Stormcast, then two Cities, two KO, and looking like one Fire Slayers and one Deepkin, which was really interesting. One and, a, and one Silver Hero, yeah, yeah. new champion. Yeah, it was um, interesting to see 
the difference between, you know, both on the same weekend, similar yeah. players' packs, uh, but obviously Victoria GT saying no to the new Daughters of Canaan's Lanesh, yeah. whereas uh, SAGT said yes to it, and as... You can see with the numbers, there were no Slanesh players at the yeah. SAGT. So, no, there were not. Yeah, and I guess that comes down to, we've spoke about the book um, in the last episode and saying that they're leaning heavily into the new models and so people yeah. wouldn't have had time to, no, to build No, people, people would have barely assembled them, let alone painted them to a yeah. tournament standard. Yeah, um, Chaos <laughs> comes in second for most represented. Actually, Destruction and Chaos tied for their representation at SAGT for yep. 21% each. Uh, and Victoria GT had death, which is the... which is a left field. Yeah. Like that's a that's a baller move because usually death is like the bottom. Yeah, and then it was closely <laughs> followed by chaos at yeah. twelve lists and destruction at eleven. So you know it's it's interesting that as much as we talk about you know previously about tier systems, talking about those armies that do stand out. Yeah, it's cool to see that there is quite a balanced representation in the rest. Yeah, uh, you know you do see that almost fifty percent of the field is order, so you're gonna come up against an order army. Yeah, you just bound to once yeah. or twice or yeah. maybe three times. Um, but the good thing is, is that you've also got a representation of the other factions. And there was a time when we were playing competitive age similar where. Death I could take the was, one death yeah. army and get best death out of yeah. it. And you could take the one destruction army and get best destro. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating that the as much as we you know, I think the problem with hobbyists is is we love to complain about shit. And, oh yeah. You know, we're we're passionate people and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes when you you know take stock of what's changed, it is amazing to see how spread I guess the rest of the, the meta is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I love seeing that there's still Nighthaunt representation. And, like, Gloom Spike Kits haven't yep. gone anywhere. They're you know? still they're still lurking around in yep. their dirty But even caves. Flesh Eater Courts. <laughs> like, Flesh Eater Courts were the bad guys of Oh, Age dude, of I was vehemently against Flesh Eater Courts for a very long time because when they got released, they did something that no one else in the game did. Which you is know. fair, and it, and it did, you know, it changed the game, and that's where I think sometimes the, the only book I really dislike is Seraphon for the simple fact that, that it's such a well-written book that no one else has that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's where we do talk about that tier system and say, like, STR I do think is just above and beyond, and everyone can say, okay, cool. And the only people who really argue that they're in STR are Seraphon players and they tend to sit there and say no no I'm not it's not that bad it's not that bad and then they write the list and go oh yeah no it's that bad (laughs) I mean once you start putting croak in and 120 skinks you know you're kind of leading down that garden path which definitely but you know what the thing is and I'll I'll argue for Seraphon players is that most of the time they are players who existed beforehand and that's where I feel for them when they come in They've had the army since, I don't know, like, like second edition yeah, or something. Yeah, sixth edition yeah. fantasy. You know, having these lizard men that are, you know, and finally they're in ascension. Finally they're good and, and you get heckled. Yeah, they get heckled. <laughs> but, and, you know, I'm a heckler. I love it. But it's it's one of those things that um, I guess it's going to happen. And all it takes is a bit of a points change, a bit of a yeah. FAQ errata here yeah. and there. And, and we don't know what, what's going to happen in the future of Age of Sigmar because it might turn out that Seraphon are just the bad guys for nine yeah. months and yeah, yeah. something new comes along like the vampires. And That's it. They change how the game plays. I don't know. But yeah. it is that thing of it's cool to see the breakdown and, and I love those sorts of articles where you can read the yeah. breakdown of events and seeing how people go. And you know, like there were 
the we, we joked about the Meta Watch article before, but you know, seeing Sons Behemoth armies go for and one at events is great. Yeah. And maybe it is because people haven't come up against them before and they, they go, I don't know what to do and that just tears them out. Yeah. And then they And they next are next time they play them they they know what to do. And that's them. the thing, like Suns came out at a time where no one was playing Warhammer and a lot of people just probably don't know how to deal with them you know and they're, they're unique They've and they're very rules. unique they're like um, they're, there's no other army like them you yep. could argue that like the the ogre monster mash close. is close yeah. but even then it's it's a different army again you know so I think um, and that's not taking away from from Gemma or Magro no you know, no like not at all 4 and one at events awesome Awesome, and I would, you know, I would, especially until for an the army day I ever, quit yeah. Warhammer, I would continue to bring up the fact I went four and one with a subpar army. Yeah, all the time. exactly, exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. Everyone, including myself, when Sons of Behemoth dropped, I'm like, this is an underwhelming book, and I think people are going to find the answer really quickly, and it's becoming very obvious that that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I think, yeah, credit to those to those two for taking an army that had a bad reputation. Yeah. Perfect example of what we are talking about before. Everyone had that in like C tier because they're like, oh, basic. And then players are picking that up and running with it and getting good results. So, Which, And that's in itself, I think, something cool to talk about because, you know, like, as I said, you know, we, we you talk about that sort of stuff until you... you <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like my, my best showing at an event was with Wanderers at, at um, yeah. CanCon a few years ago. And I, oh, I'm happy to talk about that any time with people because they just weren't expecting it. And and I guess that's something that's cool to see that I think Realm Lords will start to pop up a bit more. Um, yeah. Bone Reapers play their own game as well, which is cool. And I quite like their design in that sense. So if we start to see those unique armies starting to pop up and people who don't play against them very often have to learn how to play against them, yeah is, absolutely because you know. there's there's armies that seem broken on the surface and seem like they're so overpowered until you get practicing against them and you're like oh i understand this army has limitations here's where i need to apply pressure if i want to beat this mm-hmm. army mm-hmm. so i think practice is important which is something that i'm terrible at just yeah you know, but, you know life, life is busy and, is. And, life is busy and we're adults and and when we're not 21 year olds anymore where we can put aside <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, our 19 year old single guy yeah. with an expendable income that's right <laughs> but you know it's that thing of I, I guess like out of the results of both those events Seraphon did win both which is they important did, to yes. consider that um, is. but do you know what was interesting was getting updates over the weekend was good to see who was sitting at the top yeah. up until the last round and you did have you know, um, at Vic GT, there was a lot of um, destruction armies and there was order and death and chaos. Like all four were up in the top, yeah. just as it was in SAGT as well. And sometimes the final results don't show that. Yeah. And sometimes it's good to go through and see whether or not it's on tabletop TO or down under pairings or yeah, whatever it is the event's using to collect their data. It's really cool to see that breakdown and what the matchups were. And, you know, like Dave Kerr, um, you know, the master in my mind and will always be the master. Uh, you know, he came up against like the top, I think it was, uh, someone was going through the data. I think it was Owen was going through the data with Rob and talking about how the top 10 players yeah. that played, well, it was something like, yeah, five or it would have been four of the top 10 players, uh, lost to Dave Kerr. 
Yeah. You know, like that was their one loss for the weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. he's playing against the hard stuff with Plague Touched, you know, um, yeah, Knights, of the, Empty Knights Throne, of the Empty Throne, which is a great list. And, and that's what I like to see is that there are those archetype lists out there that are starting to pop up that are a bit different. And, yeah, definitely. You know, it's the Plague Touch for what I remember Plague Touch a while back was carving it up. And oh, then, dude. You know, it's. Un, Un-FAQ'd Plague Touched yeah. at the start with the Demon Prince. Yep. Before he got Wild. nerfed, yeah. Before, before he got nerfed into the ground, yeah. yeah. That was probably that was ridiculous. It was crazy, yeah. But again, that was the that was a challenge with the book. It's just like, well, there's the obvious build, mm. and even since then, you've seen people move into Knights of the Empty Throne. You're seeing people start to move into Idolaters. Mm-hmm. Once I think people have realised how crazy some marked cultist units can be like a big block of Nurgle iron golems is bananas mm. with a war shrine nearby it's with a, great time with yeah. a war shrine yeah. with glotkin yeah. there's a lot you can do with that army which is cool and that's what I like to see is I, I guess that's my love of chaos is that there are so many combinations out yeah. there and there's so many different ways to play it that you're always going to get something different and for me that's a lot of fun to, to see you know, that in action and, and see what people come up with, which yeah. is always good. So I think Dave is on to us because he just messaged me. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> That's terrifying. That is scary. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I yeah. think I think the important thing, I don't want anyone to think that we're like shitting all over meta chasers or anything like that. Cause like, I'm shitting all over meta chasers. Okay. They Gammy are is... assholes. <laughs> oh, jeez. And they okay. should learn to play the game. <laughs> like real players. Oh Not dear! False players. Oh dear! Yes, this is... I love how awkward you're getting about this. <laughs> oh, this is no. awesome, Corey. I'm talking about you. Oh jeez. Okay, right. directly calling people out. It's cool. Great. Yeah. Who's next? Dave Kerr. I'm talking about you. <laughs> Who's that? Mick. I'm talking about you. <laughs> nah, Mick's fair. That's a fair call. Yeah, against exactly. Mick. No, it's fine. I'll just um... next next <laughs> next episode. I'm making a list. Oh, you're making a list. Yeah. Oh, and checking it twice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, well, on that, so let's talk about some upcoming events, Gabe. Yes. yes. Sorry, before we before we jump to that. Of course. I think, yeah, overall, I know we've talked a lot about a lot of different aspects of competitive AOS. I think it is important to, like, be realistic with your expectations, but also see that as a challenge. Like, see, if everyone's like, oh, you might win two games, be like, well, screw you guys, I'm going to win three. You mm. know? Yeah. And, like... Grinding out those games, getting that list refined. Practice games don't mean anything. So, like, if you lose a practice game trying something different and it doesn't work, that's fine. You know, it's... it's Yeah, I'm excited to see... It always gets me pumped when people pick up an army that's obscure or not very common and they're like, I'm going to do something cool and original with this. I like that a lot. Mm. So... Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to end that's that fair. part on. Yeah, cool. Well, talk to me about teams, Gabe. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, for the last couple of years, I have run the Runax Team Championships. Never heard of it. Continue. Never heard. It's yep. probably not good. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's a terrible event. I don't recommend going to it. This is going well. Yes. No, continue. Um, So basically, it is a four-man team event. It started because I wanted to play in a team event and there was not any. No. And so I'm like, well, if I want to play in one, other people probably do as well. 
And if no one else is going to run one, I'll do it myself. And so I started running the, the team championships and that's kind of exploded a little bit into what it is today. Uh, last year it didn't run, but obviously with the circumstances being what they are, 2019 we had, I think, 22 teams. So 22 four-man teams, yep. so 88 players, which was awesome. Uh, this year, with everything going the way it's going in Australia, we are starting the vaccine rollout. A lot of the rules are uh, falling by the wayside very quickly, which is good. Um, I've had chats with the venue that I'm hosting it at, and it looks like we are all systems go for the 6th and the 7th of November. So there's the date, 6th and the 7th of November. Four-man teams. Um, you each each team member has to have a different allegiance, so you can have four chaos players, but yeah, cool. You can only have one Zinch player, for example, um, and you cannot share war scrolls in the team. So, so everyone cannot take Marauders again. If you are playing four chaos players, only one player could use Marauders. As soon as he takes it, that's out of bounds for the rest of the team. Uh, that's been the way we've done it. The last two times, and it works really well. I think. Yeah. Um, so I haven't talked to you about this. Mm. So my players pack is in the GHB. Oh really? Yeah. yeah so cool. I opened it, and I'm like, oh, they have a team team like a team tournament thing, and the GHB 2020. I open it up, and it's word for word the players pack. I'm like, oh, sick, which is a great thing. Like, I had someone they're like, oh. Did they copy this? And I'm like, dude, all it does is take work out of it for me because I'm like, reference Run this it book. Yeah. Uh, it streamlines it a lot. It makes it a lot easier. They've Warhammer Worlds run team tournaments in the same format, which has made it like they're happy with it as well. So it obviously yeah, yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah, it works. So I'm very happy that that's kind of picked up. And the team tournaments are a, like a big thing now. Yeah, it's great. It's such a great way for. I'm I'm looking forward to, as the you know the scenes keep building up across Australia, that we can eventually do some team tournaments, some team champions of you know states, state yeah, yeah, state sort of thing, and have a bit of fun with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Because even doing like a North Queensland versus South Queensland, you know. uh, And Central Queensland. Don't forget those boys. Never heard of that. You'll never hear the end of it. I'm pretty sure there's only three people in Central (laughs) Queensland. And one of them plays themselves in a mirror. Who's that? No, I'm just oh, you're being like, sarcastic. Like, yeah, I'm just oh, saying. I thought you were legitimately they, saying no, someone played themselves. there's not enough of them that they have to oh, play themselves geez. in the mirror and play with themselves in the mirror as well. Oh, jeez. This is going in a weird direction. It is. It um, is. But yeah, so that's that's exciting. It's it back on this year. Love it. All It seems like a lot of the events are coming back in full force. Absolutely. And Teams is definitely on that list. Which is a great one to have on the calendar. And I know a lot of people around Australia do put it on the calendar. As yeah, I hope day. so. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know um, I know the Bendigo boys want to send up a couple of teams this year. We've got people from uh, Victoria, New South Wales. I know the boys up north are keen. I know a lot of the Brisbane scene is keen. So hopefully it's a big one. Yep. We have room for 30 teams this year. Yep. 
There we go. Which is very exciting. That'll so that be... makes 150 people. No, it makes... A... Oh, gosh. Aren't you a teacher? <laughs> no, not a maths teacher, guys. Come oh, on. Come man. On, man. Come uh, on. It makes 120 players. <laughs> yes, uh, Which will be huge. It, yeah, that's uh, awesome. And 120 yeah. players. It's still a bit crazy Super that that's exciting. a thing. Yeah. Super so... exciting. But, yeah, I, I, I look forward to it because it'll be... Uh, a lot of fun to catch up with everyone. Throw throw some shade. Yeah, um, definitely. Hopefully, we'll have about twenty episodes out by that point where I've offended every oh, single I'm person. Sure, I'm sure. So, in twenty uh, episodes, I'm sure you'll get round to everyone. So fingers crossed. <laughs> it's either people buy me beers for the shoutouts, or they throw beers at me for That's true. The just horrible, good old fashioned glassing. The shame <laughs> that I put upon them. So yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. No, but, I'm hoping so. I hope it's um. I hope it's a, uh, yeah. I'm doing everything I can to make it the best possible event that it can be. I figured if I'm going to, if I'm going to run it at all, I want to do it as well as I humanly can. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a big focus for the next kind of six months. Mm-hmm. Is getting, while you try and have a child as while well. While I, yeah, while I have a child. Yeah. Uh, so for people who are not aware, this is a side note. My wife is 32 weeks pregnant. Um, this will be the last time we record. Yeah, this is. It was fun while it lasted, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hope three you enjoyed episodes. the three episodes. Woo. We made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's a big thing that's happening this year. But yeah, there's a little bit of time between our our child rocking up and and teams. So it'll be it'll give me a good chance to to get everything sorted. I'm starting planning nice and early. Um, it's one of those things, the more planning you put in, the smoother the weekend goes and I'm all about weekends going smoothly. So yeah, I'm, I'm making sure I've got all my little I's dotted and T's crossed and, uh, tell you something I haven't asked that everyone's asked. Well, not everyone. I shouldn't say that's the wankiest thing is like, oh, this is, uh, everyone's been asking me because Oh man, YouTubers do it all the time. It's the worst. It's like, oh, you guys have been wanting this, and it's like, please, no one wants this. Name names, go who? No, I'm not naming names. Um, It's no one in the wargaming community. It's a lot of like streamers and video game guys and stuff like that. They do it all the time, and it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Um, but ticket sales, which is something, obviously, if people want to come. I'm still working out the avenue that I sell tickets through. I'm chatting with a couple of guys. I may be selling it through the Brizhammer store. Okay, cool. I may be doing it via PayPal like I have the last few years, just directly to captains. Um, but I will make sure I communicate that clearly to everyone mm. ahead of time. They have sold out really quick the last couple of years. I think last time the 2019 teams was sold out in like... 25 minutes or something crazy Mm. like that. Mm. So I've got to work out an efficient way to do it so that everyone gets a fair shot at tickets. Um, And as, as selfish as it is, I hope it sells out very fast. Uh, But I hope that everyone who wants a ticket can get one. I don't even know what team I'm on at the moment. No. uh, (laughs) I'm sure there's someone who's put me on their team somehow. Yeah. You'll find out. I'll work out somehow. (laughs) Otherwise, I may just be yelling at people via microphone. Well, that's it. We have like, we have a really good mercenary system as well if you're a single player. Um, And the stream team are there and they can always use an extra set of hands. Absolutely, so, which is a bit of fun. We'll never turn anybody away. No, that's, that's for right. sure. That's right. 
Um, yeah, cool. So that's teams. That's uh, pretty much all I wanted to say on that. Yeah, I'll awesome. update people more as it as goes we go, along. and it'll be on the on the. Runax Facebook page yeah, and Twitter yeah. and stuff I assume when Definitely. you start doing that thing yeah, but start plugging that a fair way yeah out, so. so we've got a couple of events coming up which is exciting mm-hmm. um, next month we've got April 12th uh, sorry April 11th is the Toowoomba Bash 3 Ooh, baby. which I didn't get a chance to go to the last one because this year seems to be the year of let's all get married and that yeah. seems to be my that's it's just that's my your life weekend. at the moment yeah it's just everyone <laughs> getting married it's great times uh, but yeah, we, it's one of the weekends that I have, uh, school holidays actually, which is really exciting. Oh, so, lovely. Uh, right smack bang in the middle. So I'm going to be really pumped about going to Toowoomba, nice. um, going up to the womb and, and seeing all of my friends up there, which is great. And I'll be hopefully by that time I will have the army painted that I've been working on, oh, uh, shit. which I'm, I'm planning on taking to another event. Which, um, which army is that? So that are we is, getting to that or is yeah, that? Yeah, no, end? no, we can do that now, which is the blades of corn. I think we've mentioned it a couple of times now, but, um, it is coming together really well. It I'm, is, I'm man. really it happy great. with how it's turned out. And for me, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have not won a single practice game yet. With them. That's okay. They don't matter. <laughs> But do you know what? It is the most fun I've had playing. Awesome, man. In, in a very long time. Awesome. In the sense of, I learn every single game. There's not a game where I just went, well, I lost that because of the army I'm taking. It's, yeah. I lost it because of the decision I made. And yeah. I think that in itself tells me it's an awesome army. Yeah. Um, the more I practice it, I think if I keep playing it for the next 12 months, I'll get reasonably good with it and hopefully, you know... Yeah, man. Show the world what a Bloodbound army is capable of. Definitely. So, which will be a bit of fun. But um, So that's going to be what I take to Toowoomba. Yep. Um, are you planning on coming along I to that one? I am planning on coming. Uh, Two-day events are really hard to fit in at the moment. Fair. Um, what with my wife working weekends and, and then coming to the end of her pregnancy. There's obviously... Two days is a big commitment no matter what. And so with our other kids and stuff, it's it's a big commitment. So my wife was like, well, have a look around for one day events. And I'm like, well, the only real one day event is two hours away. So I have to, we'll have to see how that looks closer to the time. Obviously, if, you know, she goes into labor and I'm two hours away, that could be a challenge. <laughs> could be real. And time. also may end up me sleeping on the couch. Yeah, for uh, the next for, 18 years. Before yeah. the next 18 years. So it'll. I would love to go. I would absolutely love to, just because it's a one day or it's nice and easy to fit it in. Um, that's probably the best shot I have at a tournament before the baby shows up. Fair. Um, so yeah, I would. I would really. I really want to go. I don't know what I would take because Slanesh is not going to be ready. Be ready. Yep. Not even close. Maybe Iron Jaws. Probably Iron Jaws. Bit of fun. Uh, Iron Jaws, or I thought about ripping out the Beast of Chaos again. Yeah, cool. Just, I've got a build that I want to try yeah. that's got Dragon Ogres. Yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know if it's good, but it would be fun. That would so, be fun, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's an army that I haven't really picked up and played since CanCon 2018. Wow, yeah. No, 2019, 19. sorry, because 2020 it happened and that yeah. was where I took the Jaws. Um, yeah, so I thought about Beast of Chaos as well. Um... But yeah, it, a lot of that will depend on real life circumstances 
Uh, it's hard to plan ahead at the moment. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, as I said, one day is a, a great. There's so great much fun, fun. And, yeah. and it's you know it's three games. You get to catch up with people. It's not cutthroat. I mean, sometimes <laughs> people do take the most ridiculous armies to it, and it's great because you you go two and one at a day like that, and you're happy with it. As a as one a of my talking about like getting good results with a shit army. One of my crowning moments as a gamer um, was I took... This was actually at one of the Toowoomba Bashes. Was it? I think so, yeah. It was 2K. They were streaming the event. I ended up on the stream table round one with Clan Mulder from Skaven. Actually, I played you that event. You did. With my corn. And you did terrible things to me. But let's focus on the game that I won. No, no, sorry. Continue. Uh, um, So I played against Clint with his Beast of Chaos... Uh, yes, I remember this. And my rat ogres went nuts. My abomination did like 45 wounds to a horde of Ungor. Uh, and I ended up landing a big win there, which was great. I was stoked. I was like, yes, this army is actually good. Uh, Clan Mulder is not good. No. Because I went on to play two corn players, <laughs> yourself and then Sean Horton. Yeah. And I got absolutely shit mixed in both of those games. But I won on the stream, and that's yes, what counts. Did. That's all that matters. I you got know, you, Clint. Yeah, there's, uh, there's <laughs> no other, no other armies, no other games for, for that. No, day, but no, no. It is good fun, and, and it's great the fun. Swimmer boys do a great job, particularly Gary. He yeah. runs a great event, and he's yeah, and he's really stepped up, which is he awesome. has. Like, and I, what I like to that. see is that he's. Uh, really pushing for Toowoomba scene to to get some more regular events out. So he's obviously running these one day. As I know, he's got a Toowoomba Open later in the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's advertised the dates yet, but he will eventually. Yep. Um, I, I know it's around the October time or late September. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's that that that's a great thing to build towards as well. And I remember Toowoomba Open I went to prior to COVID, so 2019. I uh, took bone splitters to that just as the Warclans <laughs> book came out that Ooh, weekend. Nice. So I didn't get a chance to use the new book. Oh, so using the old book. Using the old book. But it was a lot of fun to, um, you know, like I think they had like 50 to 60 players at that one. And, you know, it was just great fun as a two-dayer. And, and I know that that's what Gary's working towards. So good on him for doing it. I'm really looking forward to that one. Then um, we're looking forward to the, the next Briz Hammer. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's it the chaos-themed one. Chaos-themed, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. I, I've seen a couple of sketches that Paulie's been doing up for the, the emblem. Because yeah. the, the last one, there was the cool uh, Iron Jaws dude punching yeah, the Briz Hammer. Yeah. So I've got one of those shirts now. And the chaos one will be great to collect. And I'm, I'm hoping to have one from every single nice uh, allegiance that they do this year. And, yeah. and so I'm, I'm working the chaos, the corn boys to yep, be able to nice. take to that. Um, and that is the May the 1st and 2nd, I believe. Yes. Because that I know the for a fact, weekend. that one is on our due date, <laughs> which, which dramatically decreases. So you won't. So I, so, well, it's one of those things. It's there's potential there because you're not going. That's fine. Yep. So no, I'll, no, I'll not tell you that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Zoe has said, if the baby hasn't shown up, I can go for day one. Oh shit! So yeah. there's obviously I'm not going to be able to play the full five games. I'll only get three in. But hey, three's better. Than I'll none. take what I can get Absolutely. at this point because I don't know. You know, it's it's there's so much unknown in the next couple of months. 
it's where fair. it's like hold yeah, on to anything we'll just, you can. That's it. That's it. The, the glimmer of hope that I'll get and to play day one. It'll be great if you've got the Slanesh to see how you go with it. Or and... I would love to have them ready by then. That is not far away though. It's, it's like a month and a bit. Ah, uh, it's <laughs> like a month six and a six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. That is that is very I, soon. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, no, but. I'm really looking forward to that one. And so I've got to get um, prior to... So Toowoomba Bash 3 is the next event that I'm going to. Yep. So the April 11th. So I've got to try and get 10 Skull Reapers and 10 Blood Warriors painted in that time. Doesn't sound like much. No. But as I was saying to you earlier before we started recording is that Skull Reapers are very intimidating. They are. Uh, There's a lot going on in those There's a lot. And even before when I was painting up the Wrathmongers, I sat there and went, do I undercoat them red? Uh, because with Mephisto on red as the spray paint, um, then I looked at the model and went, yeah, there's a lot of armor on it, but there's a lot of flesh on it. There's a lot of sword work on it. Yeah. Um, I want to do the swords the way that Duncan did in the end times. So um, what's interesting is Skull Reapers came out in the end times, which I totally forgot about. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, on the big square bases. Yeah. And they came in boxes of three. So they... um, Yeah, the, the way that he painted them was metallic. So he did the metals as normal. And then started to layer up, it's really weird, but the demonic parts he laid up as flesh and then oh. did a purple wash over it. And it oh. looked amazing. It was like That's cool. this fleshy, half metallic yeah, okay. weapon thing. So the cool thing about Skull Reapers is that they're all running demonic weapons. So I've got yeah. 10 of those guys to paint up. So I'm going to try a test model tomorrow. Nice. Um, playing Pat tomorrow against his his Trogoth army. So Ooh, excellent. That'll be a good test. The corn. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's 20 models, but the blood warriors that I painted up last time took me about a week to do. Okay. Um, simply for the fact that they have a lot going on. There's so much trim on those models. Useful aren't. Uh, it's, it's yeah. such a nice model yeah. though. Blood actually, warriors are so good. What's bad is, is that Tim is currently wanting me to learn some 40k with him, which I'm really keen to do. So, okay. cause I've got my orc, um, killer can oh yeah of course stuff ready to go uh but what i've also really want to do is use the blood warriors to make corn berserkers and Ooh, do a khan they do oh, yeah. yeah they do make fantastic berserkers and just i've got two chaos rhinos sitting in there <laughs> ready, to, ready go, to go which you know corn berserkers in rhinos doing a rhino rush forward it's yeah that's old very school. third or 3.5 oh, yeah it was just glorious I used cool. to love it so I would are we talking are we talking that. like pre-heresy no I'll light, still do them red yeah, um, okay. only because I've kind of got that theme down pat yeah uh, but what unfortunately the problem is is that I want to use the current Chaos Marine kit as well because it's a fantastic it kit. is it's, it's really nice. well done so I actually think I could use that have maybe enough heads to do 20 corn berserkers with the oh, leftover yeah. heads I've got from Blood Warriors yep. and also from Blood Reavers and also from and the Skull, cr- oh, the skull Crushers. Skull Crushers, well. yeah. I've got a fair few heads. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to see what I can do first, what I can make from that. But because the new Khan model I loved uh, when it came out. Yeah, people hate. Some people yeah, hate that model. A lot of people do. I think it looks awesome. It's great. So I'll see how I go because I'm once I've finished painting this army. Um, I've got some Middle Earth that I want to finish painting up, some Urukai, then cool. get them done. Um, and then, yeah, I, I should feel pretty happy because I'll have the corn army there. Um, 
I've got to get Corgus Cull. I have not got him yet. So, oh, dude, yeah, I've got yeah, one of them. Um, I should have got you to bring him over Yeah, today, I've got one like yeah, on spur yeah, at home. I'll, I'll pick it up in the next couple of weeks so I can paint him <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, for um, sure, Forward man. to Woomba as well. So Definitely. that's the other model I've got to add in is, yeah. is Corgus. But Corgus won't take me long. He's a fantastic model. Yeah. So much fun to Very play cool. as well. But yeah, so that's my painting schedule and I'm hoping to get that done in the next couple of weeks and then I'll do some glamour shots and Very cool. probably put it up through the Mango Mafia page. And, yeah, nice. And, you know put it all over the, the Twitters and all yeah, that man. stuff. But yeah, sure. I'm having a good time. But Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else? Uh, no. I'm just yeah. plodding away with Slanesh assembling and painting. It's a slow process. I've got 10 demonettes that I have to do the highlights on their hair and then they're done. Cool. So there'll be photos up of them soon. And then I'm just chugging along with um, Michael Creighton's daughters. <laughs> Still um, going, still going. That's still like going. Never-ending project. Dude, there's probably four and a half thousand, five thousand oh. points. He'll never play it. You know that, right? I know he's never going to play. He's just going to sit in his cupboard with the rest of his armies. Do you want to know what's worse? What's that? Well, it's not worse. I shouldn't complain about it, but he's like, as soon as you finish the daughters, I've got a Lumineth army that I need you to paint, and I'm like, alrighty then. So you'll never want to see an elf again. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But at the same time, it means it stops me from ever wanting to buy that army because I'm like, well, I get to paint it. You get to play it, and I get to play it while I'm painting. Yeah, you know, and and the advantage is because these projects are so huge. He's pretty much said, look, do it at your own schedule, fit your other stuff in around it, and when it gets done, it gets done. Yeah, that's which is great for my current lifestyle because it's a busy one. Um, Classic filthy miniature. I know, right? Daughters and then Lumineth. What's next, mate? Deepkin. Actually, someone else is painting his Seraphon for him. There you go. So he is 100% on that meta train. (sighs) Well. Oh, so good. Some of us just have to pay to be good, hey? That's... (laughs) I really hope he listens to this. Oh, man. Hopefully he does. Yeah. I'll make sure he I'll make sure he listens all the way to the end. Awesome. Well, Gabe, where do people find you? Mate, people can find me on Twitter at the Runax. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at <laughs> Hey? Nothing. Oh, you just gave me a really weird. No, look. yeah, because you're like, find me on Facebook. And yeah. I mean you can find me Grindr on Facebook. No, and, I don't uh, have Grinder or like, Tinder or any of that. No. I'm a I'm a married man, thank just you. Happily. Um Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at the Runax Wargaming. Uh, is probably the best place. And then I'm also on Instagram at Gabriel T. Hanna. Awesome. So that's where I post some some photos of stuff. But I usually post it all everywhere. Twitter's my hot takes yeah, place. Yeah, Twitter's kind of the place to be for <laughs> hobby, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it's I do enjoy... I've been really enjoying Instagram though. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just scrolling through. There's so much good stuff on Instagram, man. Yeah, if I, you can... I don't look at any hobby on Instagram. See, I'm the opposite. It's I'm like, I'm like, like for this person painting, yeah. like for this person. Oh, this person's trying That's to make nice. a living with yeah. their ass. Yeah. Skip. <laughs> uh, you skip those? Uh. <laughs> yeah, ter- totally. Yeah. No, um, but Instagram is has an awesome hobby scene, and some of the painters on there are just insane. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Gammy, where can people find you? Uh, what if I don't want to be found? Well, if you don't want to be found, that's totally okay. Yeah, but no. uh, Twitter <laughs> is the place to find me for okay. hobby. 
uh, M underscore Gammy. That's nice and exciting. Um, I think I say that every episode. But basically, yeah, that's Twitter's the way to be. Yep. I am pretty active on the other Facebook pages, but yeah, Twitter's kind of the, the go to. It's where I post a lot about the whole Yeah, thing. nice. Or Mango Mafia page as well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Awesome. All well, right. I think that's uh, that's us for another episode. Is, yeah. We have gone episode three, all done and dusted. You. Thank you, everyone, who's been subscribing and giving us feedback and stuff. It's very, very cool. I'm glad you guys are enjoying what we are putting on the table. Uh, until next time. Yep, we'll see you when we're looking at you. See ya.